0: Greetings parish orphans and retrogrades. Happy Saturday morning or afternoon, depending on where you are. I thought that I would do something special for you today. Not every only every so often do we actually host a debate here on rules for retrogrades. Last Friday, I hosted one between Dr. Ed Mazza on the one hand and Mr. Steve O'Reilly on the other about the merits of the claims of the so-called beneplanists, those who claim, like Dr. Mazza, that Benedict is still Pope and that uh, Francis is not the Pope. Today, I bring you some debrief analysis, and I guess I'll sort of debrief, I'll rebrief with Patrick Coffin, who is strongly on uh, Dr. Mazza's side, that Benedict is still the Pope. That'll be on Monday. But today, I have a special guest, Mr. Boss, Bossman, how are you doing, Anthony? Where You're going to help me debrief this thing today.
1: Hey, Tim, how are you doing? Um, happy Good. to be back with you here, sir. Uh, yeah, um, this is going to be an exciting uh, dig into this and then looking forward to what's going on next week, like you were saying, so I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks Thanks for coming on with me. Now, um, that was really formal between, between two... Uh, goofball friends, but it's I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you. Back. I'm going to tell
1: you why though. I'll jump in and tell you why. I think I have a child having a meltdown right outside the room. So I was just trying to <laughs> keep it as short as I could. <laughs> I think everything's being handled. Uh, there, there may have been a murder back there. I'm not sure right now. <laughs> we had that right before, uh, well, you you were on the horn,
0: had that a minute before we ran tape. And yeah, it can take the, the world's greatest comedians... Uh, which is to say us you and I into serious mode the the brow furrows the uh the air temperature in the room goes up by like 10 and the blood nearly clots when you hear your kid having one of those things you have to tend to it right then I, I mean it's it's so unpleasant we just had it too and uh the kids are far away and you can still hear their blood curdling screams now um so wait speaking of the temperature in the room rising (laughs) terrible (laughs) not not 12 hours ago or about 12 hours ago church militant jumped into the fray because ever since the ninth anniversary of benedict's abdication we'll just call it that uh everyone's been weighing in on this it made sense we hosted our debate which was last friday which was of course the anniversary ourselves what is the nature of this pontificate? What is the meaning of it? And I guess if you, if you go so far as Dr. Maza, is it a real pontificate at all? Church Militant weighed in last night. Uh, it was a, a great show. Tons were, tons were watching live. And the long and the short of it is, you know, Michael Voris called out, uh, not, not a beneplentist, but but another, another theorist. This is Dr. Taylor Marshall, who had theorized that um, Benedict is uh, not necessarily Pope, but Francis is not Pope because of late a sententiae, uh self-excommunication via heresy, which is a, um, you know, juridical question in addition to a theological one. Voris called this out and he addressed four in, in a really fast summary fashion that I think is pretty handy for most people who are new to this, four iterations of Francis is not Pope. Three of them our competing theories of beneplanetism. One is just no one's Pope right now. And I guess that's where Marshall's at. At the end of it, uh, Voris challenged Marshall to a debate. We'll see what happens with that. And, you know, I do think accountability is a big issue here for all of us. I'm not just talking about Marshall. I just mean for, for all of us, myself included, I'm very careful about what I say. Coffin's coming on the show on Monday. You know, we'll just be having a conversation between friends, but I, I have some questions for him. Maybe I'll preempt some of them here today. I, I salute uh, Coffin for coming on because he's taken a controversial position, the Beneflinist position. And I hope that Marshall will uh, will take Voris up on his, his call for controversial, you know, advocacy, controversial uh, encounter.
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on recently with this. And like you said, I've been following it for a while just because of Twitter and other things. And slowly, these positions have been gaining more and more steam. And, uh, you know, I haven't paid close enough attention as far as if there's more evidence, new theories, whatever it is. It seems like it's been sort of the same ideas, just um, taken a little further is is what it seemed like to me, slowly kind of bubbling up and a little more uh, personalities, uh, jumping on the train a little bit and whatnot. So it is good when... Ah, uh, decent men, like with dr. Maza and and um, I, uh, what's his name? I'm so sorry. Is it Stephen uh, O'Reilly? Yeah, Stephen O'Reilly. I'm sorry. they're they're presenting their ideas in a way that they're, you know, they're calm, they're collected. It's a nice discussion. It's a good debate. Ah, uh, they're making good points. They're both well spoken. Yeah, uh, we need to own these things, bring them to the front, and talk about them if, if we have interest in it. I guess so. Yeah, owning your position is is very important, and so it's awesome that you're doing that. I also noticed people really seem to enjoy it too in the during the discussion, uh, in the comments and things. People people seem to 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 want to see more of that, where it's not just interruptive, arguing back and forth, but it's really well well had debate. So,
0: yeah, I enjoyed being a mod as uh, as usually one of the ones in the debater's chair. It's a much more enjoyable position to be the moderator. And I think I'm going to do more of these now. There's also, so I want to break today's show, which is just a discussion with you boss into three basic sections. And it's just under the subheading of the first section accountability. You know, uh, Mazza says Benny Plenism. Patrick Coffin says Benny Plenism. Both of these guys are friends of mine and uh, I'd like to discuss some, just what you thought of, in, in slightly more specific terms, the Maza O'Reilly debate. Secondly, I would like to talk about why um, the idea of postulating that we have a current anti pope before the juridical promulgation that we have an anti pope is not as problematic as set of a contism. Uh, And I'm not saying this is my position because it's not. But we basically need to explain in the second section what is an antipope and why technically any pope at any time in the history of the church could later be retroactively declared an antipope. That's just something we live with. I think a lot of people don't understand that. Um, Number three, I just want to talk some more. I guess this will fall partly under the rubric of item number one, but I want to talk about the cohesiveness of the specific beneplenism arguments. Um, Are Benedict and Francis trying to signal that Francis is Pope and Benedict is not or not? Uh, Sometimes the beneplenists literally will say that with with wardrobe, with uh, ring kissing or not kissing, uh, Francis or Benedict are trying to fool us that one of them is the vicar of Christ and the other one is not, but, but other times are not. In other words, sometimes the beneplenists will tell us Francis is trying to fool everyone that he's Pope, right? That's kind of the, at, at the heart of the theory. Um, then other times they'll say, well, he's not letting anybody kiss his ring because he knows, uh, uh, presumably because he knows he's not really Pope and he's kind of trying to secretly signal. Well, why would he do that? And that's, mm-hmm. at the very least, there's a contradiction in the theory. So we're going to tend to those three things with this show. I'll let you open up with just what you thought of the debate in, in one second. I just wanted to kick my shouts out. You guys know it's coming to Real Estate for Life. Everyone go to Real Estate for Life who has half an inkling to get out of your blue state and get to a red state. Do like I did. I, I strongly recommend the southeast part of this country. There are lots of reasons for so doing, but your own happiness and your ha- families is the best reason. A lot of the secondary and tertiary reasons, you can learn about more as you get here. Go to realestateforlife.org and find out. Get from your blue state to a red state today. Also, please, if you want to support this show, you can do it by two ways. You can go by either Case for Patriarchy or especially the new, ask your husband, and leave a review. Steph's book, in particular, is being rated about once a week by a coven of feminists, right? And uh, and it, it all happens at once, where she'll get five, one or two stars. You know, then a week later, then she'll get five or six, one or two stars. They're not reading the book. This is cheating. Amazon should be much better at uh, you know gatekeeping. They're not.
1: <laughs> to be fair, I have got a. Movie
0: yeah so <laughs> you, nailed them. you nailed them
1: like <laughs> gotcha <laughs> yeah i burned them good so i was
0: expecting a lot of that so some of this is is due but it should be it should be a fair system you got to at least buy the book to leave a review and they don't insist on that so go buy that book and leave a review also buy <laughs> the case for patriarchy and leave a review there you can more directly support this show by going to timothy j gordon on patreon and and um you know, supporting us even five bucks a month is a huge help. And there are extra heightened benefits in 2022 compared to what we've ever done that we've been laying out. Um, so that's, that's the long and the short of it also like subscribe, click the notification bell and leave a comment on this program, especially on this episode. I would like your comments on last Friday's debate. If you saw it between, uh, Mazza and O'Reilly. So in a nutshell, Boss, what did you think about that debate? I'm genuinely curious, and we purposely didn't talk much about it before this show.
1: Yeah, we did. We didn't. We no, a lot of times we'll talk, obviously, about shows that you do and things, and uh, I'll give you give you my unsolicited advice and, and opinion. Right, that's what I like to do. So <laughs> we it's didn't do that before solicited. this. It's actually
0: solicited. <laughs> you and,
1: you <laughs> yeah. and D. We're, were I'm
0: always like, <laughs> you guys are part of my metric, but but this one we refrained intentionally for the purposes of doing this show.
1: And then, of course, the, mm-hmm.
0: the Monday show with Coffin should be really good. But what, what did you think, man?
1: Yeah, it was really good. So, uh, again, I, a lot of times I, I like to watch the shows and, and sometimes we'll talk about them in this form because there's, there's just so much to be said about it. Uh, both positions were presented very well. Um, I, I did like how you had sort of a snake format with that as well, um, sort of like so, a, a snake draft with debate. That was that was great. Um, and they they got to have the, the opening statements right away, which is which was done well. Uh, Dr. Maza. Maza or matza? I don't know how to matza ball. I don't know how to pronounce it. Properly. You and I want to call him so, matza,
0: but he, he he tells people mm-hmm. it's maza. He's a very nice man. Okay, he's a very very nice man. I like him a lot and
1: personally. Absolutely, they both seem like they're they're very uh, well spoken gentlemen, is what I would say. And yeah, Dr. Maza right. laid out his position pretty clearly. Uh, I obviously, I mean, I could tip my hat right away. I don't I don't fall in that that side of the argument, but I think um I've I've I, I I've I haven't heard it put that well, right? He had a lot of interesting ways to present it, explain them very clearly to me. So that, that was great. Uh, Stephen O'Reilly also, I think, did a great job of taking that contraposition and then kind of refuting it the best he could as well. And um, like I said, it was very gentlemanly, a very uh, scholarly debate. we done well. And I think that it's something that we do need to see more of. And so, yeah, it was, it was really, really great. It didn't get too, uh, tangential. It was very, pretty much clear and to the point. So it was, that was very nice as well.
0: Well, so normally when I do a show and I say, here'll be these kind of four bullet points, six bullet points, three is all I'm giving you today. One is accountability that, that all talking heads have. And I, we're, we're talking about the accountability that these two debaters have O'Reilly and Mazza. They both did do a good job. I, I agree with that. The next one is the cohesiveness of the Benny Plennis position and the third one is why anti-pope is different from set of a contest. So basically anti-pope explained those three moments. They're not going to be all distinct moments. Like well, you boss and Tim will move from one to two to three. They're mm-hmm. all interwoven. So those are more like um, the elements of this show. Cause I just want to do a discussion with you. And the first thing right. I would say right. to what in response to what you just said, um, Anthony is that, Yeah, the reason they were able to each do a good job, I want to be very careful in how I say this, particularly to prepare people for the show in two days where I I go with with, um, coffin and and debrief and and do some extra analysis, is this, when you're talking about the thesis that a pope is an anti-pope, and we have had 29 that the church recognizes Catholic Answers did a whole write-up, did a whole show on uh, coffin late last week, and they were kind of. Debunked. Joe Heschmeyer, who I like a lot, um, mm-hmm. was seeming to balk at the idea that there have been so many antipopes. There have. I'm a church history teacher. I that that number is accurate. I always say 27 in my church history class. I saw substantiation for why they're 29. That is, on average, you know, 15. Per millennium right meaning on average more than one per century mm-hmm. okay so we're due judging by averages an anti-pope and here here's all i'm going to say to pause i think this pope is an anti-pope is never something that puts one ipso facto outside the church unless unless Juridically, you're saying, I'm sure about this, and I refuse to pray to the current Pope. If all you're saying, if you're Ed Mazza or, uh, what it? oh, Benedict, sorry, Benedict. If all you're saying is Ed Mazza or, or Pat Coffin is, hey, I'm more sure, I, it, personally, I'm more convinced than not that uh, Benedict is, is Pope, but I'm still willing to until the church makes its juridical pronouncement. I'm still willing to call Francis Pope. Then that puts you where a lot of people are. There is some evidence that Francis more likely than say John Paul, the uh, second there, there is some evidence that Motsa presented. Just don't say you're sure. Does that make sense? It's a, it's a, um,
1: I think that makes perfect sense. You you can have a uh, It's just, private and public things, right? I mean, you, you can have a private opinion on things, you can come to a conclusion in your mind, but you have to be willing to accept the official stance of the church at the same time. If you don't do that, if you don't leave room for the church and official <laughs> judgment in different things, then clearly that puts you in a different category altogether, right? That's uh, There was a, a lot of discussion about uh, bringing converts into the church and how that can affect things for people. And a lot of times they don't leave baggage at the door. Let's say it's a very Protestant type of way of belief and thought to be like making that judgment on yourself, going off on your own and doing your own thing because you just know better, or you came to this knowledge somehow, and you are not being, uh, I guess submissive enough to the church to just say, I, that's not my role to do. So I think you hundred percent nailed it. You have to, you have to say, okay, right. if, If this is what I, maybe I'm leaning towards, then that's okay. But at the same time, I can't just flat out be uh, presenting this as something that is being put out by the church itself or misrepresenting it in some way, right? That it's bigger than it is, or there's some kind of other evidence that isn't necessarily there. A, a good example that I will use is I'm a big fan of the idea of, of limbo. Okay. I personally think I, I, it just, it makes sense to me theologically. It makes sense that the way the church fathers believed it and a lot of the, the things that were said about it, it's never been promulgated as official church teaching, right? So I don't go around saying that the official teaching of the Catholic church is limbo. But I do think it's an interesting discussion to have with people um, right. theologically. Uh, and again, it's just something that I, I, I have my own little thing here where I think that it's pretty cool. I talk to my friends about it, whatever, but I would never present it as the official church position. I would never put myself against the church saying that they need to do what you know the church does, what it does. I have no role in that. And so I think it's very important, like you said, to, to make that distinction. And of course, I'm not a talking head also. And so there's another dynamic there that that we have to talk about, I think, especially with Talking Heads.
0: Yeah, those are lots of good points rolled into one. Patrick Coffin, Ed Mazza, who are, I guess you would say, certifiable beneplenists, have both been willing, admirably, to go on, debate-friendly, go on to friends' shows who might not ask them all softball questions. And be like, Here, here's where I think the holes are. I, I'd like to prep, you know, cue up some of the holes I'm going to be pointing out to Coffin today. Um, but I don't think I don't think this is the kookiest thing that's ever come out of the Catholic Internet. That's a high bar. And this is mm-hmm. nowhere near that. This is not that kooky. And historically speaking, here's why it's not that kooky, because anti-popes are a thing. And they, we'll, we'll, we'll describe what an antipope is, particularly through the use of the Avignon papacy <laughs> in a second. But they've done an admirable job at being willing to say, hey, I know this is controversial. I know if I'm Patrick Coffin, Catholic Answers is going to jump all over this because of their close association with me. I know Steve Ray is going to, mm-hmm. because of his close association with Catholic Answers, uh, react adversely. That's fine. I'll go on friendly- Uh, dialogue shows and explain my position and and ed did the same thing so i admire that what you Mm -hmm. can't do i i'm not talking as a public persona i'm talking about as a catholic public person is to drop super controversial shows (laughs) that 95 percent or more insinuate that francis is not the pope the putative Mm -hmm. pope is not the pope Right. And you've picked up on secret, a secret trail of breadcrumbs that nobody else is, you know, you know, they're not key keen enough to pick up on that Gnosticism and you drop it and then you stay on your own show and you refuse to submit to cross examination. That's not acceptable. okay? And yes, this is what I think Boris was talking about last night when he was calling out, hey, you know, Marshall should should be willing to have a friendly gentlemanly debate. Kind of like Maza and Coffin just did. This is why Maza and Coffin did not get called out last night. Also, of course, there's the distinguishable thing that that I guess what what Marshall is telling people is because of heresy in the office, the Pope is not the Pope, and and Benedict's not Pope either. We have no Pope now. And if I got if I got it right, um, whereas at least Maza and Coffin are saying. There is a pope, and there is a great historical precedent for, you know, us uh, fingering the wrong pope currently. It's happened lots. So I'm not saying that I'm convinced, but it's way less kooky than of Sedevacontism, which, aside from the interregnum between popes, aside from that following from an anti-pope, um, an elected anti-pope, there haven't mm-hmm. been major periods of set of accountism. So, well, I think accountability I mean, is something. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, no, accountability is huge. But the thing that you were saying is it's really just the it's, it's like the tabloid uh, crazy headline, you know, bait, uh, click clickbait type stuff that is frustrating. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, if someone has their the channel or whatever they do and they present their opinions and they're, they're just completely um shut in they're never going to have anybody else on they're not going to converse and those types of things that is frustrating uh, because there are a lot of people that would then see that and maybe they don't understand that uh, a lot of this stuff is, is is private uh as far as their beliefs and things it's not being officially promulgated by the church or these ideas are a little more obscure in things and declaring that as someone of a position of authority is is absolutely reckless i would say uh and it's very yeah like i said it's, it's just it's clickbaity it's it's bogus journalism, it's whatever else you want to call it. It's its just sad uh, <laughs> without no other way to say it. Yeah, it's embarrassing in some cases to just uh, be, be putting that out there. If it's a third position, like you're saying, with the set of econtism stuff, then pr- present that well and do it in a form where you can help promulgate your ideas, right? That's the best way to do something is to uh, present it to people. And if it's good enough and it catches on, then it probably makes sense. And n- not all the time. We know that's not, you know, sometimes not the case as well. But accountability is huge, and there's just not enough of it nowadays, really, honestly, accountability.
0: Yeah, one – I mean, I remember the first four years of this pontificate, first three, until Amoris Laetitia came out, which really is a huge mazzo ball hanging out there. It's (laughs) – Amoris Laetitia is still the central uh, moment Mm -hmm. of this pontificate. Footnote. The footnote is one of the the moments, Mm -hmm. but also people tend to forget. You say Amoris Laetitia and the – Pope-splainers will come out and be like, well, blah, blah, blah. It was just a footnote. What about the eight other spots that are, I'm not saying they're heresy for the juridical reasons we might talk about in a little bit. The church has to declare them that. But they look a lot like heresy, like the logic of the gospel can never have someone sent to hell forever. That's that's an almost direct quote from Amoris Laetitia, right? Right. This isn't an Amoris Laetitia show, so I don't have the direct quote, but... The logic of the gospel is such that one can never be sent to hell forever. Okay, that's that's very very close right. to heresy, and there yeah. are six or seven other gems like that in addition to uh, the defide contradiction in giving communion to the divorced and civilly remarried. So the people, first off, the people out there that have reacted. I'm not talking about Boris. I'm talking about the people, the the Pope-splainers that have refused to attack Pope Francis, uh, attack his mistakes, which are plenary. They have to do something. You can't be a know-it-all with, oh, this is such a dumb new kooky crackpot theory about beneplenism or sedivacontism, but then Mm. refuse to play ball to go Taylor Marshall radio silent about this Pope. So Boris has walked a good middle ground by admitting you know, a few years into the pontificate, Francis is wacky. You know, something's up here. We don't know what. We'll find out later. You can only connect the dots after. Um, but also say, you know, Voris is a hundred percent convinced Francis is Pope. Okay, that's just the safe position in in a good way. Uh, but but you know, Catholic answers and some of the Pope explainers You have to deal with this. Then you have to at least deal with the idea right. that right. an anti Pope in this moment in this epoch of the church would be highly convenient sort of like i've debated on the inconvenient side of whether or not the pope can remove the tlm and i said all throughout the time well wishful thinking if i were to give into it would yield that i i hope the opposite side is right i hope tim flanders et al are right well i same kind of thing here i'm saying i'm not convinced they are i sort of hope the anti-pope theorists the benny Plenis right though the church has to pronounce that that's the main thing it's a declaratory power that the church holds that we don't that everyone's just skipping that step well that's that's, that's the right
1: that's the one thing i wanted to jump on real quick before i I get too far into this and forget to, to mention it is so saying something that the pope said something heretical or whatever the case is for that situation is obviously a big deal the problem then is taking that and then saying well Robert Bellarmine says that that means he's not the Pope now, and then saying, There you go, case closed, slam dunk. Because again, it's done. That's way too far of a step when it was never promulgated from the church itself that if the Pope does this, then he has officially lost his office. Okay. Right. Right. Because it's the same way that I like limbo. Okay. And St. Thomas Aquinas discusses it. But I can't then say, and therefore, this is a good thing. And we, we, you know, it's what the church teaches, or this is what it is. Right. The church has to make that pronouncement on it. And that's right. where I think it's we have to err on the side of caution. And yeah, a lot of times these, these opinions are very unpopular with people, but we're not taking this position because we want to be in this position. Okay, clearly, I would like the easy button, the easy door out, the escape hatch to be like, oh, he can't do away with the traditional Latin mass because it's not within his authority. Ultravirus, no, <laughs> throwing a comment out there for Joe, right? But it's like ultravirus. That's it. Up and it, hey, look, that would be amazing. And in this case, yeah. to be like, hey, anti-pope, easy, slam dunk, done. That would be awesome. The problem is, is it's if you're gonna believe something and really. Go for it and follow it, and then you better be able to 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 be so sure about that that you can attack it the hardest way possible, and and really crucially look at it right. Yep. Yeah, you really have receipts. to be able to do that.
0: You got to be able to bring 100%. the receipts. I claim one hundred percent. I claim. I think Steph wants to jump in here in a second, but I <laughs> literally I claimed I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm right and that Flanders is wrong about the TLM thing. I said. I'm I'm 98, 99% sure, but I don't say that in all debates. I wouldn't say that when mm-hmm. I'm debating with an abortionist or an atheist. So right. I hope you're right. And there's a one or two percent chance you're right. I, I, I hope Maz is wrong, and I think he I, I hope Maz is right. I think he's wrong, but I'd give him more than one or two percent chance of later being declared right. Aside right. from the juridical thing, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere around I, I don't know, I don't want to quantify that, but I think more than one or two percent right. chance. He's got a minority chance of being right, maybe, but you have to wait for the church. The, the people that like Mazza's argument and Coffin's argument always point out the high number of antipopes that we've witnessed in church history. Yes. But here's the other thing. All of those antipopes required what? Like Council of Pisa. They required clarification later. They Require right. the church to straighten it out. None of it's this late sentency. Late mm-hmm. sentencia does not mean what the common internet trad Catholic thinks it means. That oh, we don't even need it. Now we just start, now we just splinter into our own little factions. They always are always trying to Protestantize and atomatize, atomize. Mm-hmm. Now we don't even need mm-hmm. the declaration of the church. No, if you're right, then give it to the jury. The oh, the right. best way to liken this about the Latin mass or Benedict being Pope is to whatever degree it's obvious, you have to still say when you're watching a trial, even if it's OJ, everyone knows he's a murderer. He killed her. We know he killed her. You have to <laughs> say alleged murder till the jury comes back with a verdict, right? And if they don't, then that's a problem. But even if it's one of those uh, murders where you see it on videotape, it's alleged murder until the jury <laughs> comes back. That's what it is with the church. Even if you think this is a slam dunk, it's not a slam dunk. Right. Um, in, in any case. Yeah. But even if you're more convinced of this than 50 50, I'm not, but Coffin is, Mazza is, you have to just say, well, I'm more, I feel more than 50 50, but I err in judgment. The church doesn't. So I'm going to wait. I'll st- still keep calling Francis Pope, even though I don't think. He's pope. I'm, I'm, I'm submitting to the church, and I think Coffin is close to that, and maybe Mazda too. What, what, did you want to um, ask, Debbie?
1: I think, a, I think a lot of people in chat, and I've seen even in the um, Church Militant um, chat box, they're, they're confused. Good Catholics are confused. Where do we draw the line on calling the pope a heretic and saying various individual things he's doing is heretical? Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, yeah, there's some pretty slam dunk, heretical type statements in Amoris Latitia, not even talking about communion for the divorced and civilly remarried. Go reread it. He says hell is impossible in a magisterial document. Mm-hmm. That's a big, big problem. That is basically heresy. But we have to say alleged murderer until the verdict comes back from the jury. Even when we saw the homicide happen, on screen, on tape, on Fox News. Why? Because the jur- the juridical process is different. That might be a justifiable homicide, right? That might there might be legal reasoning that makes that homicide not murder, but a justifiable homicide. That's why you let the process play out, even if you're you're pretty sure it's not.
1: Well, and that's the one thing too. I would add to that um, when when Steph was talking about the comments. There is uh, the other thing too is the conversations. So the conversations of heresy, declaring these things new, whatever it is, it's, it's, a different conversation depending on who you're speaking to. Okay. So I have a lot of people ask me about the faith at work and in, in public, wherever. And it's like, you know, I'm not going to talk about the Pope to them the same way I talk about the Pope to you, to you or friends that are Catholic and understand these issues. So that's the other thing I would say too, to help, help people out that are really confused about this, right? Uh, make sure you're, you're having the conversations in the, in the right form and with the right people. Um, you know, certain adult conversations you don't have in front of your children, it's the same thing with this kind of stuff. Okay, so if if you're talking about heresy and throwing those words around and doing these different things, make sure it's probably not in public in the right places too. But keep, keep it where it's where it should be. Also, give people what they can handle at that time, because again, that can also make a big difference. And it's also going to form the way that that you're thinking about it personally as well too. As we should be guarded the way we speak about things, anyways, right? Right. We shouldn't always be completely flippant about it. But yeah, this is this is this is a big deal. We are living through some uh, crazy stuff right now, obviously. But I, like you said, uh, there may be a lot of other circumstances and things going on that we just obviously don't know. There's, there's always information we're not privy to. But I think so in part much, of the debate came yeah. up, we have, to, we have to make the judgments based off of what we actually know, though. We can't have this. If we don't have that, that information, we can't make judgment based off of that. And so I think it's very important to keep that in the back of our minds at all times. So yeah, I, I like I like the
0: direction this is taken. I guess we this wasn't even intentional. This is just the flow of convo. We were basically the last fifteen minutes, boss. We've been talking more or less about why the beneplanists, even though neither you nor I are in their camp, are not completely crazy. I'd like mm-hmm. to talk about what's really, really wrong with the theory, even as elegantly. Um, produced and promulgated as maza gave it which i think is pretty close to what um pat subscribes to he can speak for himself on monday but i'd like to say there are some major problems with a the theory now one thing i meant to do with both maza and o'reilly is to ask them uh, an analytic philosopher's question what's your falsification theory What's your falsification? That's what a, a good moderator does all the time. Hey, what would need to be true circumstantially mm-hmm. to prove your arguments wrong? And a good debater, or, or debater who's usually wins and is right, knows a master debater. Yeah, master debater, and just someone that understands logic well. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I heard. I heard you're a, a better debater, uh, maybe even I, in that category yeah. than, than than you give yourself credit for publicly. Um, but uh, <laughs> just joking. Uh, no, to be a, 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 an actual master debater, and to be Publicly. someone that understands logic really well, one needs to know what would falsify their own theory. And they can lay it out like that. What's your falsification theory? The Benny the Benny Planets are really, really weak in this area, mm-hmm. largely because even though they can tell you the, the things that strengthen the claim, there have been lots of antipopes. An anti-pope is always declared after his pontificate an anti-pope, or sometimes during, but, but usually it comes after a period of years. Right. Uh, some portion, some non-negligible portion of Christendom thinking they're actually the pope. Um, yes, that kind of strengthens the, the non-ludicrousness of the beneplenist position, but what doesn't strengthen it is having not one, but two or three legal theories for why benepletonism are true, which are mutually contradictory. Let me give you an example. So I guess we're kind of critiquing the position. (laughs) (laughs) I asked Mazza this toward the end of the debate, the very end. Is Francis trying to fool us that he's the vicar of Christ or not? Mm -hmm. By using the term vicar of Christ, by not using term vicar of Christ, or by not having his ring kissed? Because the whole... A whole set of assumptions that undergird much of what he said, um, Ed Maza for that first half hour, some of which is not that kooky, um, is that Francis and Benedict are each kind of in on this. But then uh, but then <laughs> other assumptions undergird it. And he's like, no, it's like a marriage where both parties presume it's valid, but it's not. He's literally mm-hmm. – I, I, I can piece the debate apart for you if we're not going to do that. But go and show, right. okay, this assumes – that Francis is trying to pretend to be Pope, but isn't according to that theory. Now he's showing that Francis is trying to pretend he's Pope, but is trying to secretly signal the opposite to some Gnostic view. And now a third moment, the Benny Plenis are saying, um, Francis sincerely thinks he's Pope Benedict sincerely thinks he's, he Benedict is not Pope any longer but neither of them know. That is three separate arguments. And when right. I asked Ed about this, he's like, yeah, I'll have to go think about that. I'm like, that's a devastating problem, right? In right. the courtroom or in a, in a Lincoln-Douglas-style debate to be like, ah, oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's that. literally, watch people out there. If you're so willing, go rewatch that debate or watch it for the first time if you haven't. There are three moments where Mazza mm-hmm. is presenting a case that, Francis is falsely Pope, knows it, and wants everyone to think it. Number two, Francis is falsely Pope, knows it, and wants to send a secret message that he's not by not having the ring kissed or using Vicar of Christ, which is weird. And then thirdly, that neither of them know that Benedict's still Pope, but both sincerely think Francis is Pope, both meaning Benedict and Francis. That's a crippling problem. Did you notice any of that?
1: I saw that a lot with the um, the argument and how uh, I don't want to say schizophrenic, but it's not congruent. It doesn't really go well, uh, like you're saying. It, it shows contradictions in it in itself when you're trying to piece apart these, and it does fit, like you said, into these three categories very well. Um, part part of the idea is the church is visible, so this weird Gnostic idea is is just kind of strange to bring into the church at all. Period. And so that, that was very confusing to me why that would be the case. What would be the advantage of Francis being the, not being the Pope acting as the Pope and then secretly kind of giving the weak and the nod uh, right. that he's not, I, I just, I don't know the, the advantage of it. Right. It's, um, it's, it's very interesting. I'm, I'm not even sure but from, I, even from their perspective, the Benny planet, right. that's what I mean. Yeah, That's not, what I'm saying. Absolutely, not according 100%. to reality, but according to the way they've
0: constructed. The right. Under- sorry. Sorry to e-
1: Exactly. No, no. Yeah. I, I just, I, I I'm. The way that I think about this is as any other arguments or, or debates that I've seen, right? So I've, I've watched other debates and things. And like you said, the, 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 falsification thing you kind of talked about quick too, which I wanted to mention that that's hugely important because any discussion you have or debate you have, you should the first thing you should say is, okay, let me know what's, what's actually evidence enough or proof enough to change your mind. And if it's, if it's none, then, then yeah, clearly there's no reason to have the discussion in the first place. Right. It's like when the Mormons come to the house and they're knocking on the door. And it's like, are, is there any possibility that you're wrong about Mormonism? And they say, absolutely not. I say, okay, then leave because there's no reason for me to talk to you. If, right. if you can't get that through your head, then yeah. So, so that part, yes. But then back to what you were asking, very confusing, trying to follow the logic of those three different arguments, basically. And, and that's wh- what I had seen. And what advantage does that give, that, does that give to them if, if it is in fact true what they're saying about that?
0: Yeah. Rhetorically, it's very, very
1: important
0: that your interlocutor, when you're debating, will admit when the evidence adduced is enough to prove them wrong rhetorically, right. but also epistemically, if X in a debate versus Y doesn't know epistemically, doesn't know when he's beat or doesn't know what, condi- what the conditions for the possibility of his defeat are, then mm-hmm. it just makes him look like a weak debater. Same thing with Y versus X. If mm-hmm. either party doesn't, like you don't get into a basketball game and be like, well, uh, because you wear glasses on your team, you have to win by two points or more. There's a, there's a one point line for me. Right. right. Like bet right. the line, if, if you only win by one point, I really win. You'd be like, what? No, you, it's whoever wins by one point or more. If you're still debating that, then you don't know your falsification theory for playing a basketball game. So mm-hmm. there's, you, you listed the rhetorical reason. It's just a waste of your time to debate dishonest um, dishonest party. But I'm talking epistemically, to ver- it's a verification problem, to even just know as a debater and to be a clear thinker, oh, this is what it takes for beneplenism to be false. This is what it takes right. for beneplenism to be true. And um, you note that from the Francis perspective, when um, Mazza was talking about you notice it from the Benedict perspective, where he, the, the uh, your holiness and the white clothes – Right In 2014, he said he continues to wear white for practical reasons, so says Mazza, and there were no other clothes available. That's fishy, that sticks out, but I don't think the Benny Plinus reasoned that all the way through. Um, So, according to Mazza's argument, Benedict's clothes say Pope still, but his words about his clothes say not Pope. Mazza never told us whether he wants us to believe the clothes or the words about the clothes.
1: The problem with something that simple, though, is that, you know, I tweeted out a while back, my priest wears a tropical cassock because I'm in Louisiana and it's like 115 degrees. It's a white cassock. My priest wears white, right? My diocesan priest. Like, if it's just a color issue, then just ask the guy. And then when you do, if he says it's because of whatever reason, then why don't we take him at face value? Why wouldn't we take Pope Benedict at face value? That's that's the other thing that I'm not understanding a lot with these, these descriptions, right? Uh, again, if there's some secret private knowledge where there's somebody holding a gun to the back of his head and whenever somebody times somebody asks him about his white cassock, then how would you ever make the right right judgment based off of anything that we will never be privy to? Because that's another a common argument that we hear. So, yeah, it's very strange. We can ask these questions and then find out the answers. And Stephen O'Reilly made a very good point of saying that, right? He said, hey, there are some valid things we should probably just ask him about. And if anybody can get access to him, let's do that. But then there's some that we have, and it's like surprise. It's not gonna, it's not gonna shatter the earth and change change everybody's opinion because it, it's kind of what it is all along. Is is what we kind of suspected is that he wanted to resign. Yeah, so I I think
0: I, I don't know why this is the case because I feel like I'm just pointing out, and, and so are you here. The the most common sense approach to the worst pope number two sixty six in Catholic history. So much worse. Than a pope that sired a kid in the Vatican,
1: or was Murder, really, really lucky. all kinds of other things.
0: But yeah, or 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 you know, fought pit bulls and drowned them in the bathtub. Right? There's the <laughs> Michael Vitt Pope of of twelve twenty
1: five. Is that that's is him. that Pope Michael from Kansas? Is that
0: <laughs> Pope Michael from Vicksburg? No, no I, I one know, has
1: brought true. him up yet.
0: <laughs> no, that's which is weird. He's oddly conspicuously absent. But you know what I mean. I don't care about these popes who yeah. were Medicis and Borgias and doing slightly corrupt thing with the sale of uh, bishoprics, but didn't touch doctrine. And they're probably just, you know, looks like going going south in the afterlife, personally. <laughs> yeah. They didn't lead anyone away. Yeah. Fran- so now I'm, I'm playing the other side again. Francis, mm-hmm. his pontificate needs to be explained. And the problem with Catholic answers, the reason a lot of people don't take those Sensible things, some of the sensible things they were saying seriously yesterday and all week is because everyone knows they will not deal with the simple fact that Francis is the Pope that wanted to make a mess, said, make a mess, said, I hope I'm creating confusion. I'm sowing discord mm-hmm. like a destroyer. And, and uh, he, he's done that. And he does have several material material, uh, heretical-type statements in encyclicals that people don't even talk about. And so yeah. I'm going back to the other side. I guess I don't know why Catholic Answers-type PopeSplainers don't get why people, at the very least, even if they're wrong, would like Francis to be an anti-Pope. And I also don't get why they won't just admit, yeah, anti-Pope is a thing. You never, as a Catholic can certainly say this pope that's currently sitting is not an anti-pope that's the church's determination not mine and it always comes afterwards you can only connect Mm -hmm. the dots afterwards all you have to say is but every catholic is supposed to listen to who the cardinals say is pope at the time even if they were duped at the time uh
1: that adds another uh go ahead go ahead
0: but so that's why an anti-pope theorist who's epistemically humble is just like i'm not sure that's what mm-hmm. i'm going to be asking pat on monday Are, is this all you're saying that's kind of what i've been asking maza by text because that's yeah. not insane here's something that's insane set of a contism, right lengthy set of a contism, that's a different horse altogether
1: somebody i was saying that in chat but- you think that's crazy, and somebody's like Tim doesn't think
0: that's crazy. I was like Tim thinks set of is crazy. No, set of acontism <laughs> is if it's not apocalyptic, right? If it's not like okay, I mean set of acontism is extremely more boundary condition than anti pope situation. We've had twenty nine anti popes. Some say twenty seven. Some say thirty six. Okay, some counts. Mm. There's always a little period, heightened period of sede Vicante when you know when it's being sorted out. But you know, for the 1958 sede Vicantism would not hold. Jesus did not come back between 1958 and now. We didn't have the Perugia. The only mm-hmm. shot you have at the faith still being true, in of Vicantism, you know, the gates of hell not prevailing against the churches. Okay, is this? Does this happen? An open chair with all the cardinals now being invalid uh, without destroying the faith, if it's like the moment before Christ returns. And that didn't happen in 1958. So all the imperfect conclave and all these wacky private theories that people make up on the internet because of one or two lines from a a, a non-magisterialized Catholic thinker, that's no good.
1: That gets okay, so, back to my point of the whole, sorry, I had to jump in. I'm, I apologize. No, <laughs> it jumps sorry. to my whole point of like, bringing in these, these converts. And I don't say these converts like you people. It's just, there's, there's, I think there's a lot that goes with that where you've, you've been formed a certain way. You've been shaped a certain way and you bring in those ideas. It's the same way, the set of a contest, whatever it is, you're basically going against the church, which is literally the definition of un-Catholic. I mean, that's, that's what the definition of being non-Catholic is, is going against the church. And the idea of the set of a goes against Christ being the good shepherd the church being indefectible, all of these things that we've talked about that are just vase, they're they're rudiments. They're the most rudimentary things that you learn about the Catholic faith. It goes against those. And so it's just wild to entertain them, especially when they're these private things. Like I've heard some people say like a dove will descend on someone and that's the Holy Spirit telling us that's the new Pope, even though there's no college of cardinals whatsoever. And there's, well, has that person received holy orders? Have they been consecrated a bishop? We don't know. You know, there's so many, theological things that have to be answered there. And I think what, what these discussions show when there's people of good faith, say presenting the position of Dr. Maza, and then presenting the, the, the side of like, Hey, just airing on the side of caution with the church again, is that theologically there's a lot more that hasn't been answered by the church that we really, than we really think, right. The average person can just go on and not even worry about it, but right. there's a lot of questions that just have not been pronounced such as if the pope is a heretic, does he just lose his office, or what? What happens? These right. are things that really need to be. These are the important things that councils used to be called about, right. right? And that's that's what we're kind of discussing, I guess, in a way.
0: Yeah, it's a wait and see approach. That I don't know the '90s, the early 2000s, all of the Catholic thought leaders, people, people out there, were belly fire, admirable firebrand Catholic converts like Peter Craft and. Um, Scott Hahn and all that, that converts from Protestantism have belly fire, they have passion, we salute their vigor. And, and in the 90s still, cradle Catholics were still suffering from malaise. That has changed, mm-hmm. okay? Cradle Catholics have now come back largely due to the efforts of such converts to the faith. Right. And now we're getting kind of the best of both worlds. What cradle Catholics get is the wait and see approach the, what I call the Schrodinger's a cat approach to the papacy. <laughs> well, it's not a binary. It's kind of a third option. It's theoretically, any Pope can later be declared an anti-Pope and will just follow the church's ruling in the time. Same thing, any, any what, they, what the Radrads call heirs from Vatican II, they can be sorted out in the future, but you have to wait for the church to do it. Taking reasonable guesses, by the way, And either what the church will, with its declaratory power, say later, is not offensive. It's not wrong. And
1: the important part to that that I want to add real quick is that that shouldn't change your day-to-day life because we know what's required of us. So don't – you can be confused about it because I know that's one thing that happens in the comments. People are confused about what's even going on. It's like you know what we have to do, okay? We know the wickets that we have to hit for salvation. That doesn't mean that we're really good at it a lot of times. But focus on that stuff. That's what they mean by focus on God, focus on Christ, and don't worry about a lot of this stuff. Because if 150 years from now, Francis is declared an antipope, then good for everybody alive then. It's very clear, and we can, we can move on from there. But yeah. for us, we have to still stay firm and follow and do what we're supposed to do. Right. That should have no bearing on our salvation, whether 500 years from now they declare him the antipope or whatever the case is. Or Vatican II gets resorted out, and there's Vatican III, and there's clarification, right? right. That's the other thing. Right. So we just like you said wait, be be patient, have these discussions, be rational, right? Be calm, don't get emotional, don't get crazy. And then yeah, these things do get sorted out. But that's a different approach than just saying, "Well, I'm going to make a private judgment and jump to something different and now I'm going to spread this to everybody else and I'm going to create more division and problems."
0: Because it's also a different the- uh, it's a great, great. It's also a different approach, Anthony, from the Pope's planner thing where you're like, "Shut up, shut up. You're crazy if you if you think <laughs> yeah. anything's weird." No. <laughs> Okay, look, compare this to Avignon or some of the anti-popes. Uh, you would say against Beniplenism, right? Since I promised I'd talk about Avignon papacy where there were two anti-popes and one real pope. You had Christendom divided more, a third, a third, a third, which mm-hmm. you don't have here. So that, that accrues to the favor of the non beniplenists Like uh, half of Christendom does not think Benedict is pope. Half of Christendom, it's not half-half. Mm-hmm. But now the the two popes from Avignon were not coming up with every month, every two weeks, a new kind of quasi non-declared heresy, a, a, a quasi material heresy. They weren't doing that. If they There was had, no scalfari. Yeah, there's no there's no uh, there's no <laughs> eugenio Scalfari that was going around interviewing women. Uh, right. Lemon, right? <laughs> Was it Clement VI like that, that wasn't <laughs> happening? There wasn't uh, an equivalent by one of those anti-popes to a Morse mm-hmm. Letizia. Why do I bring that up? Because that is the the unifying theme that unifies the fact that Francis is such a bad pope. We've had bad popes before who are like rapists or or, or maybe not rapists, but <laughs> they father, like oh father, they they sired a kid, and it was allegedly. Uh, a quasi-force situation. <laughs> we've had that, but we've never had someone tinker and to try to confuse Catholics, which Francis, Church Militant reported four years back. Francis admitted publicly he was trying to do, I'm trying to confuse Catholics. Right. That is, it's, it's not an, a stretch. Given the St. Gallen Mafia, which there, there are a few different theories on the St. Gallen Mafia. Boris only addressed one on his excellent show last night. Given the sunk all in mafia, given the hostility toward uh, Benedict, given, hey, give me strength not to flee. He said that right away. That in conjunction with Francis being such close friends with all of Benedict's detractors does insinuate a little bit more than the Pope's planers are willing to say. And I'm willing to scratch my head and I'm willing to even scratch my head publicly and say this warrants being sorted out later. Francis is an oddity. Right, he mm-hmm. really sticks out even amongst the other ones. So that's I'm not saying that means he's an anti-pope. The church could later say that, but we have right. to wait. We have to call him Pope until the church tells us not to. That's what right. cradle Catholics bring to the equation. Even as I'm I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not offended the way some of the Pope planers are by mm-hmm. Maza or Coffin. I don't think they're cuckoo the way set of economists are cuckoo. I just think they're skipping one more thing if you want to win the super bowl right and and you're not a wild card team if you get that by the first week of the playoffs what do you have to do you have to win three games three checkpoints the this the, the benny plentis are just skipping the last checkpoint the last checkpoint is the church says they're right mm-hmm. you can't skip that right, right. so uh, the theory is not that wacky there are reasons why benny Plenism is not super wacky there are reasons that it makes it look a little weaker, like I mentioned a few of them. I'll mention a few more with Coffin on Monday. But that's fine. They deserve a hearing, but a hearing to the church, not to the laity. Ironically, a lot of these trads who are are Catholic converts, they originally converted because they said, hey, I'm attracted to the oneness, the Catholicness Mm -hmm. of the church. I don't like all the 39,000 sects of Protestantism. But they're not as offended by it as a cradle Catholic should be. It's like, no, I'm not a trad. I'm not a, a JPT. <laughs> I'm not a Novus Ordo. I'm just a Catholic and I go to the right. TLM.
1: Right. Yeah, that's the the whole J2P2 thing. And there's so many different camps and confusion and, and, and whatnot that it's it does get frustrating because there's just a lot of good people getting lost in, in the mix or being just confused. But again, that that goes back to the Pope's point is he wants that. He wants confusion. He wants discord. He wants all of this weird stuff going on. And I'm worried about all the people we lose in the the meantime. That sucks. It's a terrible place to be in. Uh, One thing I wanted to mention too about the the argument from Dr. Mazza's perspective was I may be misunderstanding this and maybe you did the debate, you moderated, So you can clarify if I'm wrong, but it's, if he understood, if Benedict understood what he was actually trying to do, then he, he wouldn't have resigned in the first place. Uh, and I think that's one of the one of his main arguments he made, Doctor Mazza did. And to me, th- that just fell apart when he's been asked several times what his intent was, what he wanted to do, what he was doing. And so, whether you're using um, verbal jujitsu with the terminology he's using or how he's writing, that's the other thing that 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 just didn't stand stand up for me as well. Sorry, I pivoted very fast there to to something no, else. I agree. Um, but...
0: I no, I agree. I think that's a, a, a good clarification to make. I would just close boss by saying, I mean, here's my, my thought. What do you think of this? Another reason that I'm way less annoyed, just, just temperamentally why I'm way Mm -hmm. less annoyed by Benny or I guess the SSPX. than a lot of people that have my ultimate view, which is, you know, Francis is probably Pope Mm -hmm. and that, and that, you know, SS, don't go to SSPX or whatever. I'm way less annoyed by it because one, it's not 100%. And two, all theologically speaking, from the Bible, let me say this in a deep voice all of this is the fault of Francis. The most, not all, all of this is the fault of Francis, the Benny Planism. Mm-hmm. M- Much or most of the confusion from Vatican II comes from the liberals at the council who are trying to confuse people the same way Francis is today. Mm -hmm. That's what the stumbling block, people, that's what the stumbling block line means. When Jesus says, if you're a prelate and you cause one of the little ones, the lay people, to stumble, it would be better that you'd never been born. Mm It would be be better because you are going to pay You are going to pay. And I'm saying this directly to Pope Francis. You set out by your own words to confuse good Catholics. We're not talking about lefties. We're talking about this is why Aristotle says the golden mean between a vice of deficiency and a vice of excess is always the virtue, but the virtue is always closer to one side. Yeah, I guess I, I, I said this to Chris plants the other day. I guess there's kind of schism on both sides of this, but you have the German synodal way that's saying the church has been wrong about homosexuality. Homo should be considered right. And then you have basically good people that go to the Latin mass illicitly. It looks like, okay, (laughs) if I have to pick and I don't luckily, but if I have to pick, I (laughs) am a geometric mean, not an arithmetic mean. I'm much closer to this side. Okay. That's why they're not that annoying. That's why the Benny plan don't annoy me. That's right. some other people that, that argue what I'm arguing are like talking about the Bene Plenis or even the SSPX like they're irksome. Maybe some of the ones on the internet. <laughs> but generally speaking, that's why temperamentally I'm like, you know, I don't get why you guys are jumping on Pat Coffin. If he's wrong, which maybe he is, then it's Francis's fault. Go read the line in the gospel about stumbling blocks. Francis said he wanted to confuse the people, the lay people, who are, we don't have all the info. We don't have access to the Vatican archives. He does. We don't have access to what happened last February, or or, sorry, February 2013 or March 2013. He does. He said he wants to confuse us with all of this kabuki theater Wearing shoes, not wearing shoes, kissing rings, vicar of Christ. Do we call you your holiness? What the hell is emeritus in this case? We don't know. This is Francis's fault and Benedict's fault. Okay? And that's why I'm not that annoyed at my friends that are confused. Because our holy fathers, the last two of them, confused the hell out of everyone. Okay? And Jesus says it theologically. So... I'm not on the Benny side here, but I don't think mm-hmm. the theory is as kooky as other theories. That's takeaway number one. Right. They deserve a hearing, but they ought to be able to wait for the church to declare this. That's really right. number one.
1: Absolutely, number because is, even if they proved it to you, they have to wait for that, like you said.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just right. wait for the receipt. Call Francis Pope and hope that he's not. Right. Until the church says that, but, but don't jeopardize your own soul. All your job is, people is to get you and your family to heaven and your friends and neighbors along the way if you can influence them. But that doesn't mean you can't have a conversation. Hey, isn't this weird? Francis seems sometimes like he's not Pope. Just seems. Seem does not mean right. This shouldn't lead you astray if you're intelligent. Just let's wait and see what the church says. I would not be shocked if (laughs) 50 years from now, like happened at Avignon, it was 70 years later, it got sorted out and it's like this whole line of popes was wrong. Wouldn't shock me, but I'm not reasoning like that now. Aside from the yeah. fact that I've just said I'm not gonna be shocked. In that happens. case,
1: I'll be around, I'll be around for it still. Tim, you're you're a lot older than me, so you probably won't be able to see the, right. <laughs> the result of that. Right, so, you'll just be those... in your twenties at that instant. <laughs> yeah. you're negative 50s. For those, for those yeah. of us taking notes, Tim. So number one was get a receipt. And then what was going to be your second point from that? Number one was get a receipt, and then you were going to keep going with your, your points you were making as far as... Yeah,
0: get, a, get, a, get the receipt from the church. And number mm. two, even assuming the Beneplanists are wrong, which I am for the time being, why dress them down? Why, why <laughs> scream at them? Why? And even the, <laughs> even the set of a contest, even, even, even Taylor Marshall, even Taylor... I, I, we should try to remind them of some of these things, but dialogue is legitimately good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not some gay term that Just Francis throws around. We should dialogue with them lovingly. <laughs> and what makes being loving extra easy is the fact that it's not mostly their fault. That, that, I'm not sure. Uh, I, me and, me and, me and Boris agree about all this stuff, but I might just be way less irritated. That might be a temperamental thing, whatever. But I do point at Francis. <laughs> Francis and his cronies yeah. in yeah. the Songolim Mafia said they wanted this and they got it. And the Lord will not blame the flock. He'll blame the shepherd for much of this. I, yeah. I, 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 tend, yeah.
1: I tend to err on that side as well. I, I had someone ask me like, well, so what about somebody who followed an anti-pope erroneously you know, many, many years ago? And there was no declaration until later. And was, I said, hey, as long as they were doing the things that they were supposed to be doing, and they didn't get caught up in the craziness, whatever it was. Make private judgment on these things and try to declare it as the church, whatever. I'm, you know, God. God is is, is merciful in the sense of that it's supposed to be just, and so hopefully that's the case, right? They're not well, just thrown to the side. That's where conscience is sovereign, people. You heard Francis right. abuse
0: it in a morse and Cardinal yeah. Casper abused conscience as sovereign, the foro interno, the internal forum. They perverted that concept. That's not. Real sovereignty of conscience is Catholic. To sin, Mm -hmm. there is always an objective component and a, you guessed it, subjective component. So conscience is sovereign if you're really following Mm -hmm. uh, at the behest of the church. If the church has not instructed you, uh, or or it's literally divided a third, a third, a third, like at Avignon, Mm -hmm. conscience is sovereign. You will be judged as with every sin you've ever confessed on the objective and subjective content, and sin requires both elements. An element means it has to be there. Unless you intended the sin, it cannot be an actual sin. It's a material version of the sin. So everyone just chill out. And (laughs) this is not me saying it from a perspective of like, everyone chill out, stop talking about this. I think it's interesting to talk about. I think we can even speculate. I just don't get why the Bene let's conclude with this. Why can't they just say, maybe? But I know I'm really wrong. I know I'm wrong about lots of stuff. On the other hand, I don't get why the anti planets the ones more like Catholic Answers, because they're worried about the brand because Coffin's associated with it. So I guess I do get it. But why can't they just be like, <laughs> you just answered look, it. <laughs> Francis is the biggest scumbag on earth. Okay? Can we say that? He is evil. It, it, or he might be Pope. But if he's Pope... And he's the most evil pope ever and the worst guy on earth right now, then he's responsible for all this. So let me sort of get off the personal attacks on good Catholics like Coffin and Mazza, who are just right. convinced maybe they're wrong. Yeah. But it's Francis's fault
1: mostly. Yeah. Yeah. With the pope, it's very clear. Uh, somebody told me basically the pope is an enemy at this point, right? And they said, how do you treat your enemy? You pray for them, uh, you offer sacrifice for them you you fast you do whatever you can for your enemy that's what you do right Right. so that 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 part of it's very clear we already know the church has already taught us that again we shouldn't overthink these things and then on the other side what do we do about our our brothers in arms here we have to have room for conversation about things and we can't be jumping down their throats and creating more enemies and doing all this other stuff it's kind of it's kind of crazy uh i think there's always room for that. you know. And again, it should always... The reason that I liked the way that you presented it and the way that you moderated that is it was very cordial on both sides. Everyone was very calm about it. They presented their topics, their ideas very well. And it was just nice to see. It was a good, you know, decent discussion to listen to. Uh, it never right. got crazy for any reason. And I thought that was awesome. And I think a lot of people enjoyed it also. From what I saw, anyways, a lot of people in the comments enjoyed it. And so uh, looking forward to when, when Patrick Coffin comes on, there's, there's obviously a lot more to discuss. And he's he's uh, just just as nice a guy as, as uh, Dr. Mazza and, and Stephen O'Reilly are. So I, I expect it to be very interesting as well, and I'll be definitely looking forward to, to seeing that.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. That's that's nice of you. I mean, a couple a couple things. Yes, Pat. Pat I know much much better than than um, Mazza mm-hmm. or O'Reilly, both of whom are gentlemen. Pat's a, a close personal friend, so we I could guarantee that on Monday. Sometimes it, the blood runs a little hotter with friends. It's not going to on Monday. Because the same reason that it didn't run hot last Friday. Why? Because everyone there is like, oh, this guy's not trying to get me. He sees where I'm coming <laughs> from with A, B, and C. And he sees where looks like I made a mistake with D, E, and F. And he's willing to say, gee, let's just wait and see. But let's all make sure we all g- get our families to heaven and don't die eternally over this issue. It's, it's a silly, stupid thing to lose a friend over it's a sillier stupider thing yeah. to lose your etel- etel- eternal salvation over and by mm-hmm. the way i extend you know in a slightly lesser way because it is a crazier position this to set of econtism <laughs> large. it's not mostly their fault even taylor's more extreme position this is mostly francis's fault the sspx confusion is mostly francis's fault yeah, uh, largely with JP two and Benedict, they haven't right. been clear. That yeah. is being a stumbling block as well. So I'm not going to come yeah. down. On, how are you friends with SSP? Okay, well Joe, what, what a friend of the show. Is, the
1: official representative of the society.
0: Yeah, the official. He wants that said, right? <laughs> he is the official <laughs> spokesperson of SSPX. Not he's he's probably texting noise. me right
1: now. Like, don't yeah. say that. Yeah, <laughs>
0: please don't. I don't know why they're all that touchy. Okay, he's not. <laughs> There are so many good people that go to their chapels. They're just misled about Absolutely. the wait and see approach. There's so many good people. Are there so many good people that uh, are on the other side in the German synodal way? You know that that think the church aired for two thousand years about homos. No, there aren't. Sorry, there's there are none. Pope Francis said he's known good Marxists. There are none. You're wrong. You're a. That's not true. <laughs> There aren't good people on that side. There are good people going to SSPX chapels. It's much closer to the truth. Don't fall off that way.
1: But You're just being a cotton-headed ninny muggins, if you believe that. <laughs> That's what you were trying to say.
0: I was, but this is a family program, sir. That was, that was too, too too much. No, I mean, you being never a cotton-headed be ninny muggins, and you know what? Yeah, I'm not even going to answer your phone calls if you call. I'm not going to say Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? well thanks thanks for for all that 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 was good analysis it was good we'll see what pat says the the point is usually the people that say be charitable on twitter are depending on whether they're from one of three camps in the church they all pretty much don't mean it here i'm literally mean (laughs) it be charitable means benny Plantis, a lot of them are most of them i think are good catholics Set yeah. of a contest. Some of them are actually still trying to be good Catholics. They just went way far away. But be charitable, meaning admit where there's a question mark. And, and if, they're really gonna go fight, if they're really
1: going to fight, if they're really going to fight, I want to start the Catholic YouTube boxing channel where we can just let's just fight. Then let's do it. Let's see. You bring you bring you know gloves or whatever you want to do. We can figure out if you want to do cage, if you want to do boxing, whatever rules you want to use, and then we'll really figure out who the men and the boys are in the discussion. <laughs> Look,
0: we I mean, not we. You came up with this idea three years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I've loved it ever since, and we've talked about it, but it's your, it's your brainchild. I'm not trying to take credit, but it would be so dope if, this is a big if, if you and I weren't the only Catholic online, online Catholics that like boxing. Everybody else yeah, is like, true. oh, isn't boxing like sports ball? And you're like, no, My there's idea. no ball involved. And then they're like, well, what type they say the something. Has
1: well, I was going to reference... Nerds earlier we were talking, sports. I was going to reference uh, Aaron Rodgers playing the 49ers in the playoffs. I was like, you're just never going to win with a certain argument. But I was like, nobody's going to know what that means. So yeah. I'm just going to skip right over that reference. They're like, he plays baseball,
0: A-Rod. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm pretty A-Rod. sure. I
0: don't know. But I saw. That guy, you don't even have the right sport. And you're the one that oh. likes sports ball. Jerk.
1: Sports ball. You cotton-headed ninny muggins.
0: Yeah. No, so that, that I would love that idea. I, I would I would take people up on that idea. I would love to box online catholics that 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 agree to do go do a boxing a boxing match, you know, three rounds, toe to toe would be fun. It boxing is fun, sparring is fun, right? We do it all so you the get time. Take a punched in the it's, head. It's good. It knocks some of the tension out. But but other people <laughs> think it's like the nerds start saying it's a sin the weenies start saying it's, you know, un, un, unadult or, or just that it's a form of sports ball. So the ball.
1: here's the deal, just quickly. The greatest warriors, let me like you do, the greatest warriors in the history of the world were Catholics, whether it was sport or actual battle, whatever it is. They're, they're all Catholics. So sorry to say that, but yeah. that's the case. It's manly, it's awesome, and you should enjoy it. And if you don't, then try to. Learn, learn how. <laughs> and get some
0: sports balls. That's what
1: we're saying. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, great show. Thanks. We'll we'll see how the Coffin show comes on uh Monday. Maybe, maybe we can debrief that a week after that, uh, boss.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it.
0: All right, cool, man. Have a have a good weekend, people out there. God bless you. Like this uh channel, subscribe, click the notification bell, leave a comment. I am curious what you all thought about the Maza O'Reilly debate. And I'm please do tune in to the Pat Coffin uh Sort of debate debrief, then it's also a debrief on his seven points show that everyone's responding to, uh, Catholic Answers included. God bless you all. Dez volt Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is.